Hello, 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 and welcome to PH Balance. This is the newest show on the Legend Creator Studios uh, channel. And we are here to talk about Philippines, Filipinos here in Minnesota, as well as in the Philippines of uh, anywhere in uh, either Davao, Manila, Cebu, anywhere, and see what's going on here, what's going on over there, and see what's affecting us here, and vice versa. So... We've got family over in the Philippines, and we've got family here in the Twin Cities. I'm here joined by Pam. Say hello, Pam. Hi, my name is Pam. Pam? Pam and I are 100% Pinoy. That's right. Um, just a little background here. Um, we decided to do this podcast because there really isn't much in the way of uh, anything that's Filipino um, and Philippine life, Philippine culture, the news that's here in the Twin Cities. There's, I think there's one that's actually on broadcast air or over the air on 90.3. And also um, a lot of the, you know, people who want to know in, in, you know, in, in the Philippines, I mean, here in, Min- in Minneapolis and St. Paul, um, what's going on over there in the Philippines and what's going on here in the Twin Cities as far as like the happenings of the, the all sorts of cultural societies here that's uh, Filipino based and all the upcoming restaurants and the existing restaurants that are starting to pop up here in the Twin Cities and what they are, what they're all about. And the new, the strange cuisine that's coming here. But for some reason, you know, it's already in L.A. and in New York, but it just started popping up here in the Twin Cities in the last couple of years. So that's what this is all about. What do we have? What what kind what business do we have talking about this? Hey, Edwin, why don't we provide a little bit of backstory about us? Yeah. Like. Like Edwin, like where were you? Were you born in the Philippines, and how long have you been in Minnesota? I was born in the Philippines. That's right. I came here when I was such a little kid that um, I came off fresh from the plane, not really talking talking English. I was talking um, Visaya because I came from the southern Philippines in Mindanao, and. I mostly grew up here in the United States, but my as my family are, they sent me back to the Philippines to, you know, know where I came from and the culture that I came from, right? Don't lose that culture. Don't lose that family, you know, that my parents grew up with. So, um... Quite real recently, I've been back to the Philippines. One year, I went back to the Philippines twice. I just got back from the Philippines right before COVID hit um, in the United States. So that's how recently I've came back from the Philippines. Like I was already wearing a mask when I landed on Cebu, and they were already starting to divert people uh in Cebu whether they were going if you came from China guess what you're not going to your to the airport that 
you came, you were thinking you were going, you're going somewhere else. Luckily, I didn't go through China, so I actually got to fly to my destination right away. So that's how that's- fresh I was. I came back from the Philippines. um i i have um both of my parents are are filipino both of my brothers i got two brothers that are filipino um a lot of my family that are here in minnesota are filipino so guess what you know every gathering is thanksgiving (laughs) so You know, and that's no joke. If anybody knows the Filipino families, there ain't such, there's no such thing as (laughs) cold cuts and chips. We're very serious about our food. Oh, yeah. And we will definitely make sure that you are full and then some. And then some. And you're bringing home food. And, (laughs) right? (laughs) Of course, there's always leftovers and it's way too much. It's way too much, (laughs) right? Yeah. it's, It's Thanksgiving every time the family gathers. You know, there's no such thing as Thanksgiving in the Philippines. Guess what? Because every gathering is Thanksgiving. Every right. gathering is Christmas. So, <laughs> so Pam, so what about you? So um, I was actually born and raised here in Minnesota. Um, when I, I grew up in actually in Minnetonka, uh, my parents... Well, for well, my mom is from Manila. My dad is from um, Bayaseros, the northern part of the mainland, and um, they actually had my sister. My sister was born in the Philippines, and so they, my parents, immigrated to America for a better life. Uh, my sister was there. She was raised by my um, my. Uh, my grandparents and i believe it was uh my mother's parents that that raised her so once they settled into minnesota they constructed their own house um they then moved to minnesota my sister and and the grandparents they came and lived there um and then i was born i was born once they settled in um and I can't, I cannot really remember the last time I was in the Philippines. It was, I believe, when I was in sixth grade. Um, that was like before when airports ha- have that so tight security, all the procedures. Oh, yeah. That's just when you just walk through the metal detector and you're okay. Um, oh, it's definitely changed now. It's, yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely changed. changed now. But yeah, it's been such a long time since I last been to the Philippines. Um, I, I was taught to to always remember who you are. But the thing is though, my parents were very strict on, on educating myself here. So they didn't really stress out on teaching me Tagalog. Um, they were mostly wanting me to concentrate on my studies. Mm-hmm. And um, so now I'm just, just using this. This is part of my re- uh, compensating of kind of <laughs> like, discover rediscovering your culture um learning the language eating the food um and it would be nice to uh have this as a way to connect to the filipino community in in minnesota um uh my parents were part of a 
part of a Filipino community. I, I don't remember which what it was called. Which one of six? Which one? <laughs> of six. And, I think there's but, six now here in the Twin Cities. Yeah. Well, right now my parents are in the Philippines. They're retired. They're happy. They're yeah. they're living the life. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I never. I myself am not part of any community. So it, it'll be awesome to connect with other fellow Filipinos. Maybe they could educate me in Tagalog and other stuff as well. And, oh yeah. Yeah. If there's a language that you're gonna learn. Um, if you have never learned a language that came from the Philippines and you're, you know, you're like, in, you know, if, you know, in your boat, right. In Pam's boat where you grew up here. Um, cause I myself learned, you know, I, I, my first language of Isaiah, mm-hmm. but when I, I was so young here that I lost it. Yeah. Right. And it's just an amazing thing because every time we go back to the Philippines, a lot of it comes back. Yeah. And you don't yeah. practice it, right? So you sort of lose it again until you go back. And it's right, exactly. And it doesn't help that all my family is does not live in Minnesota. They're either in the Philippines or in New Jersey. And mm-hmm. I remember the last time I was I was visiting I was visiting my relatives in New Jersey. They're all aunts, uncles, and cousins. And unfortunately, the reason why I was there is was because um, of a funeral. But I, I just Jeff, uh, Jeff, my husband was um, was there traveling with me, and he noticed my speech change. Like my ac- my Filipino accent was more prevalent Ooh. whenever I'm around. <laughs> Whenever I'm around my family, and I did not know that until he said something, and I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." And I could actually pick up some Filipino words. I just can't speak, can't speak it in in like sentences. Yeah, like like I know short phrases like, "Oh, I have a paper cut, masakit, <laughs> masakit." <laughs> oh, oh there we go there we go there we go see i i see i know the words, but i say it wrong you know it's part of the learning process it so is. please bear it is you know it's i still get made fun of um every time i speak filipino and i'm around my cousins it's either you know when i go back to the philippines around my cousins you know and i try to speak the language again and they can tell. They can tell I came from the United States. There was one time I tried ordering water. I just wanted like a couple of bottles of water, right? You know, because mm-hmm. the Philippines is hot and humid and you need the water. So I go over and, and order water. Right away, the the person who was getting my order knew I was from the United States. <laughs> because my, my Visaya was so broken. Oh, and, <laughs> I got it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's we'll talk about this later in a different episode, but there is a, there is a, you know, like a stigma or uh, an assumption or a stereotype or whatever you want to call it about Balikbayans going back to the Philippines. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right? So there is one, and we'll talk about that because it's, it's it's a very prevalent one, and you know when I was a kid, when I was seventeen years old, um, 
I really got into that and I had no idea what I was doing and it literally was my my family members telling me to be careful. <laughs> right? Oh. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. I've had I've had experiences being, you know, like a you know, person I didn't know what I was doing going back to the Philippines and I went there by myself. So none of my you know, my parents weren't with me when I went back. My brothers weren't with, with weren't with me when I went back. It was just me there, not knowing what I was doing. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. Um, so yeah, and that's thing about, yeah, and this and there's this is another thing about this podcast. It's about us basically sharing our experiences yep. and maybe something that something other Filipinos that are living in the USA can relate to. Um. So yeah, there's a little yep. bit of nostalgia. <laughs> there's a little nostalgia going on, yeah. So, yeah, like like uh, Pam's parents, my parents, you know, and I don't know if this is like a Filipino thing, um, especially when a family goes to the United States and you know settles in the United States for a better life, and right away they go back to the Philippines when they retire because exactly what my parents <laughs> did too. So you know and uh, you know my parents built a house over there and yeah. they built like a second life you know the yeah. empty nest yeah. life and they were i mean they were different people when i went back and visited them in a sense you know oh, yeah so it was it's it's i don't know if that's a thing and i hopefully whoever you know who is whoever is gonna you know our listeners who are happen to be filipinos maybe they can relate to that because I'm sure I'm not the only. I'm sure Pam's not the only one where their parents went back to the Philippines to retire, you know. And I yeah, know there's, yeah. And I think that we will cover more in depth about that in future episodes. Yeah, too. the luxurious life of our parents. Yeah, when they're making a dollar and they're going back to the <laughs> Philippines, you know, buying, you know, buying stuff in pesos. There's, yeah. there is, there is a thing about that. So, right. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's where we're coming from. Um, so, you know, we have our experiences. I'm from the South. Pam is from the North. So hopefully we can, like, you know. Meet somewhere in the middle. <laughs> meet somewhere in the middle. Maybe in Cebu. Maybe in, you know, wherever. <laughs> Cebu is kind of in the middle there. In the um, middle of the ocean. Yep. In between islands. <laughs> exactly. Maybe Boracay. Boracay is somewhere around there in the middle. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, that's the show. Um, a couple of things we also want to talk about, too. We are maybe, I don't want to really get into politics, but, you know, the Philippines is a fairly political place right now just because of, you know, the current president there and things that he's doing. You know, we'll sort of touch that a little bit, you know, in later episodes. Also, we really want to stress out, too, about the about the things that are happening here in in Minnesota, in the Twin Cities specifically, because yes, there are like five or six different societies or, or associations, Filipino associations and organizations here in the Twin Cities. I mean, and it's an alphabet soup of associations. You know, you got the Cultural Society of Filipino Americans, the CSFA, you have the FMA, the Film Minnesota Associations, yep. you have the um, you have the, uh, was it the, 
uh, PSA or FSA, the Filipino or the Pinoy Students Association as well. You have the Filipino Nurses Association that's here now. You have the, we have the Philippine Center people now. (laughs) It's, It's like just a smattering of different people. And they're all sort of like living in harmony. I know like, you know, when the CSFA does something, the filament people go over there. They have their booths, you know, vice versa. And then they sort of like, sort of like come together when the Festival of Nations happens. Yeah, there's there's Festival of Nations. There's also Philippine Day. That's a big deal. Philippine Day. And yeah, so it's... You know, there's also like, um, you know, Christmas is a big thing. Oh yeah. In the Philippines, and it is also a big thing here, in you know the Twin Cities when it comes to Filipino. I remember yes. when, I remember when I was, I sat on the board of directors in for the CSFA back in like, 2003, 2004, and guess what? I got involved with all that stuff. And you know, in the in the in the Christmas season, you know, we went we went caroling for charity. We had to do the six o'clock mass in the morning. And when I left the CSFA, when I got when my term was done with the CSFA, guess what? It wasn't over for the six o'clock mass, you know, <laughs> you know, on a December and on this, in December, right? Because my name was already known at that time. And you know, and it's really hard to get. It's sometimes, I don't know if it's still a thing, but it was really hard to get people to volunteer for a six o'clock mass, <laughs> you know, because it was so darn early and you had to get there at five o'clock in the morning. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's the, um, you know, there's a lot of happenings going on. Speaking of happenings, um, some of the things that, uh, that are happening right now during COVID and COVID right now for the societies they're trying to cope. Filipinos are very social people, right? Yes. yes. And you know, and COVID is not, you know, we're they're you know, the associations are trying to deal with it. Um, for instance, you know, the culture side of Filipino Americans are having uh, I think it's on the eighteenth, I wanna say. Um. Yeah, I think it's on the 18th. They're having a uh, um the CSFA virtual hapunan, which is a sort of like a a meet and greet, a virtual meet and greet uh, for members, uh, for uh, members and learn about the various events that's and activities that they're gonna try to do. Um, one of the other things that they're ha- that's happening too, and I did this when I was a kid. Um, sure. <laughs> actually, this is happening this Sunday, uh, this weekend actually. Huh, it's this weekend. Oh, oh, um, oh, the nice. Philippine <laughs> Children's Camp, which is going to be, um, the the Philippine Children's Camp is going to be virtual. I don't know how they're doing that, but it's usually. <laughs> This is usually something that they do like at Baker Park or something like that in in the West Metro. Um, right. It's a weekend camping thing, and it's usually overnight. And there's usually and on the starts on Saturday, ends on a Sunday. There's a mass on Sunday in the park, 
and there's a big you know big party on sunday in the park so i don't know how they're gonna do this but it's it's a hat it's a thing um again the societies are trying to cope with covid uh phil min phil minnesota just had their classic uh, home concert series which i also did when i was a kid you know <laughs> and this is a uh basically a uh filipino uh recital or talent show that happens uh every year this is the, this was their 37th annual classica concert and again it's a home series so it was done virtually and <laughs> yeah and it's uh um yeah in 1994 uh it started in 1994 that long ago and i still remember getting dragged doing you know getting dragged to do this you know <laughs> at some you know concert venue as, um, as filipinos <laughs> love a good talent show <laughs> exactly right and so it, that just happened um and you know stay tuned for upcoming new other uh, events that are happening around town how we're coping um with uh with COVID-19 yes uh speaking of COVID-19 um the Filipino restaurants like Apoy's is open um they're doing they're doing uh, curbside delivery. I don't know if they're doing um, doing uh, dine, in-house dining dining right now, but um, you can still order Filipino foods in the Twin Cities from them. Um, and then there's um, <laughs> Watson's, which I don't think it's really called Watson's. It's a Phil Agent's store in Burnsville. They're open. They're a grocery mart, and they also have a deli. Um they're open and I do want to stress, you know, support the Filipino community by going to their, to these private, um, private businesses. They really need your support. Um, there aren't many, you know, cultural Filipino, uh, businesses like restaurants and grocery stores around here in the twin cities. So they really need, you know, they, they really need, need our help. So, we need more Filipino food. We man. need more food. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. Vegas, Los Angeles, you know, New York, they can't hog it all. I all right. really <laughs> want a Jolly Bee to open up here. Yeah. Chicago. Chicago got a Jolly Bee. We Chicago, didn't get a Jolly Bee. <laughs> come on. Yeah. We need something here in the Midwest. Watson's Chicago is. Mid- Watson's is offering Jolly Bee. Um, they do have their. Um, their Forex Bollock Bion box truck that goes yeah. back and forth between Chicago and here, and he will pick up Jollibee for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so on Fridays and Lawson's, if you're really wanting Jollibee that bad, right? Fridays at Watson's, maybe Saturdays if he still has a supply left, you can get Jollibee over at Watson's in Burnsville. So, um, hopefully, I can grab that. Uh, I can grab that uh, address. Um, um, and also a poise address, uh, if you're so interested in actually, uh, supporting the Filipino community and the private businesses, that Filipinos do run here in the Twin Cities, we'll, uh, try to post that on the Legend Creators Studios, uh, Facebook page. Uh, so speaking of 
uh, that, I think. We should probably cut it right yeah so we'll take a break and stay tuned for more okay so we talked about what's going on here in the twin cities let's talk about what's going on over in the philippines after all we're trying to balance this out between the two places so <laughs> let's just get the let's just deal with the elephant in the room here let's talk with let's talk about about president rodrigo duterte um <laughs> So our opinions about it, we're going to try not to get as political as possible, you know, as much as we can not get political. We will probably divulge, you know, what we think and, you know, about this presidency so far in the Philippines. Um, I, uh, I, he comes from where I came from. He's a South, you know, he's a Southerner. <laughs> <laughs> he came from Davao City. He okay. was the mayor of Davao back in the 90s and part of the 2000s, right? His daughter, Sarah Duterte, is now the mayor of Davao City. And I have... I'll tell you one thing that I, I, I'm sort of glad that um what he was what he did right so let's do a good thing <laughs> let's okay. we'll do a good thing right he put davao city on the map because nobody really cared about davao city in the philippines it was a southern city in the philippines that was the third largest you know city by by population you know i don't know if it, it, was, it rivals manila in terms of like like land area if you count all like the Davao Davao Sirs, Davao Nortes, you know all those other right. like areas, those sub areas. Um, but nobody really cared, you know. In my opinion, I don't think anybody really cared. Like the the northern Philipp Philippines, like in the Manila, in Luzon, they didn't. It's almost like they didn't really like to touch Mindanao because of what was going on down there. I mean, you had the, you know, the NPA, the New People's Army or the National People's Army. The Abu Sayyaf was down there mm -hmm. and you had military down there and they were like fighting this like guerrilla war since, you know, since the early 80s, late 70s. I mean, my 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 own family was caught up in that. I still remember living in in the town that my parents, you know, my parents lived and seeing helicopters and tanks rolling down the streets and everybody was coming over to my parents' house because we were the we were like the designated, you know, like safe area because we had huge walls and it was a stone house. And okay. you know, and there was like one or two guns. So, I mean, I remember that, you know, living in the southern Philippines and Duterte put Davao City. I don't think anybody could 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 say that Davao City was not safer because of him. You know, because in the nineties, in the nineties, Davao City was was like, you know, it was like nineteen thirties Chicago. It was really bad. It was you know, there was a ton of like. You know, killings happening. It was not a safe place to be. And then he came in as mayor and he cleaned up the place. Albeit, 
his you know his stuff the way that he did it may have not have been kosher mm-hmm. right to what we would have done in the United States but when i went back there later on and you know my cousins who live there and my family members who live in this, in Davos city will still say will say the same thing Davos city is a very safe city it has changed now that he was is in power yeah since he was he was the mayor of of Davos City, okay, turn to now he's now the president of the Philippines. Yep. Right, and now he's in the national spotlight. What I've heard was that he's doing sort of the same thing he was doing as he was doing in Davos City, right, but only in a national sense, right? Right. So, I'll I'll give you this. You know, I don't agree with his tactics. I don't agree with like the you know extrajudicial killings that's happening, his war on you know his war on drugs and that sort of thing. Like, the United States has his own war on drugs, but we're not doing that, right? Right. Like, I mean, it's, but some people would argue that the Philippines is so. I guess, you know, it's harder to deal with because of the culture, mm-hmm. right? So you need that sort of like strong man kind of thing, you know? I don't know if it's like a, if it's like a cultural thing of how we view it in the Philippines is because our culture is so different. You know, the United States culture is so different from the Filipino culture and how we view right. things, mm-hmm. you know? But... As a person who's living in the United States, looking at what's going on over there and with hearing what's going on over there, you know, it really scares me, right? That you have all these, you know, people just, you know, you know, we can say, you know, well, he's a drug dealer, so we're going to kill him kind of thing without actually like going through due process. Right. 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 That scares me. Yep. So I don't know. What do you think, Pam? <laughs> I I I personally did not know that history behind it. Um, I my knowledge of President Duterte is unfortunately li- uh, limited to what I see in the media, and I do agree with you that what he's how he's doing things i don't really agree on it's not kosher uh, it's to me it's not humane but something there is definitely a change in the philippines in regarding to the, their drug their their war on drugs yeah um there was one segment i forgot from what show that i watched uh, the commentator basically said, you know, it seems to be working with however he is doing it. It seems to work, but that doesn't necessarily make it good. Yeah. Because no matter, you know, no matter what, there will still be those major drug cartels. Oh, yeah. And, basically, and this, with his, his uh, tactic, which is military, it's also a scare tactic. It'll... The scare tactic will only work for as long as they are scared. Yeah. I mean, it's it's limited to the, how the people react. Because right now, the minor drug um, 
the minor drug uh, gangs or whatever you want to call it. They're the ones again. I'm pretty sure they're the ones that are scared. Those yeah. those that are more major, the ones that actually have a hold behind certain politics, maybe or other people in power. I'm not quite sure how they feel about it, but as long as they are still there and this whole due process or the whole um if you just found if you just found one drug uh person uh person selling drugs they're automatically shot to death or whatever mm. um it's that that right there is very flawed it is flawed i don't think it's i mean I mean, I always say, I was like, boy, if that happened in the United States, nobody would stand for it. You know, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. But, again, I don't know if it's just, you know, like, I mean, I talked to my, I talked to my family there in the Philippines, Mm -hmm. you know, and, I mean, quite honestly, like, they're, they tell me that, you know, they tell me that, like, well, that's how we, you know, you know. That's why, that's how he has, you know, that they have to deal with it that way because that's, that's how bad it is here. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that. But at the same time, it's just like, yeah, but, you know, like rules and courts and, you know, and, you know, what's the point? point? You completely bypass it. Yeah. What's the point? What is the point? And, and I don't know. So that's, I don't know. I for my family that lives there it's kind of they 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 do see some some of them are pro duterte some of them are anti duterte yeah. the people the filipino friends that i know of that live here in minnesota are kind of anti duterte they oh, yeah. think that how he's doing it is inhumane and whatever so yeah but what i recognize is that how i view duterte is not does not match up with the views of the Filipino people that actually ha- live there. Have to live there. I, yeah. I can't voice for them. This is I'll, just my opinion of from a Filipino American's yeah. viewpoint. I'll tell you one thing. I had one opinion before I went back to the Philippines in 2018. Right. I had my opinion that I was like, you know, the dude's a tyrant and all this, that, you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But when I went there, and then I saw the place, lived the place, you know, like roamed around with the people there and, you know, so much, all, you know, I went to the hospitals there, you know, for family reasons. And then I went to like rural towns, the big city and just sort of, you know, went and, you know, placed myself among the crowd mm-hmm. and, I got to tell you, one thing that I realized while I was there is that the culture of that place and the viewpoints of the culture is is dictating the politics, if that makes any sense. You know, okay. it's the same. It's like it's like, you know, 90 percent of the people there are Catholic. 90, you know, the culture is very extended family oriented rather than mm-hmm. in the United States is more nuclear family oriented. Right. In the Philippines, it's more extended family. It's more 
like you know and people and poverty is huge in the philippines mm-hmm. and there aren't many you know like social programs or social safety nets over there right right like you want to talk about healthcare <laughs> you know what i mean you want to talk about healthcare you know we have it good in the united states compared to the philippines right okay and i can prove that to you by opening up my pocketbook and my and my balance sheet because when i was in the hospital i paid for a ton of stuff okay. <laughs> you know so yeah. um so the culture is dictating sort of the politics and probably vice versa and to me it's like you know you it's not as orderly as it is here in the United States correct and because of that it's like what do you do to make it better when you have a lot of opposing viewpoints a lot of opposing like forces right mm-hmm. i mean it's not like the first time that you know, that the philippines have tried to battle the war on drugs we've been doing that since like i don't know how long before i was born forever right i mean i remember when i was strapping to the philippines one time way back in the 90s and you get that little slip of paper from the from the flight attendants when you're when your final destination is the philippines and you have to declare whatever right Mm, yeah and i remember on the very top of that piece of paper it said death to all drug traffickers Uh on the very top of that piece of paper yeah (laughs) right and but and then you know i noticed that back in 2018 where it never said that again it Hmm. doesn't say anymore so I mean, it's it's not a, it's not a no, nothing new. It's nothing new in terms of like the war on drugs in the Philippines. It's but the way that's being handled, it's almost like you know, it's so it's so brutal that even I, I don't think it's right. There's got to be a better way, right? But at the same time, I feel like what is that better way? <laughs> You know, and I don't know, but I know there's a better way, but you know, it's not like, I think it's like, nobody knows how to do it yet. And they're sort of like, it's almost like a reaction. No, 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 no. That's, that's an excellent point. Um, Because when, when you said about, you know, death to, to all drug traffickers, it actually reminds me of when I was going to Singapore, they have a very, very strict, law if you have if you're caught with drug on your person whether if you're selling drugs or taking drugs or transporting drugs it's an automatic death sentence yeah and if you want to learn from example singapore's i i went to singapore and oh wow it's It's safer than the u.s oh it's It's nice i can go out (laughs) yeah i can go out and i don't feel threatened for it's some clean reason. it's clean <laughs> it's so clean <laughs> and seriously i i was just wa- i was just watching uh there's an all-night zoo there that yep. <laughs> my 
my sister treated us and just driving through down those streets seeing down alleyways i just didn't feel threatened at all no like there's no no sketchy people yeah. there and i was like maybe this is just me being new to the country and that might be it, it might but, be. i mean but i don't know i just didn't feel threatened at night yeah. just walking yeah I didn't feel that way when I was, I really didn't feel that way when I was like, you know, when I was in Davao, you know, I used to feel, I mean, the first, I don't know, because it's not like my first rodeo in Davao, you know, yeah. in terms of like being there, but, you know, I could definitely sense it was a lot safer than the last time I was there. And <laughs> I, I do agree that, you know, maybe death to all drug traffickers certainly doesn't ring a very right tone but it could be the needed tone in order to instigate the change yeah so i mean that's my opinion on duterte i mean i don't know like i you know i'm not you know just putting all those variables into the into the equation it's so complicated over there it is it is very complicated and, and it doesn't help that you know, uh, as as Filipino Americans, we don't see we don't see it. what the citizens see every day. Yeah. And so, and we are limited to what is shown in the media. Yeah, we are. You know, and we see it in American media, right? If something bad happens in the Philippines, or Duterte does something something completely dramatic, it shows up in 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 the U.S. I mean. I remember, I remember like getting news from my coworkers about the Philippines, and I didn't even know about. Huh. You know, obviously yeah. they're not they're not like listening to ABS, CBN, or GMA or whatever you or ANC. They're they're uh, they're getting it from NBC, CBS, and CNN, and Fox, and you know that sort of thing, and. Right. It's so I'm looking it up on Filipino news outlets like Philstar and <laughs> you know or Belita K or whatever you know that sort of thing right. and right. I'm trying to figure out what exactly is going on right? right and I have to always remember my remember that that here in the United States we, there's a view in terms of like what's proper governing and all that stuff, right? We're having a, we're having an issue with our current president right now with what is proper governing and all that, right? And, right. you know, we see what's going on in the Philippines and what's proper governing and all that. So there's like, you know, it's it's one of those things where we really don't know until you really get, tr you know, trying to figure out what, are all the variables are and why it's doing it that way. Like any good research or any good, like, you know, like knowledge gathering, but I think it's still so complicated. <laughs> and right. as far as like the Terte is concerned, you know, it's always like, I have to, I have to like sort of do a step back. I mean, I don't agree with what he's doing now with like the anti-terrorism bill that just passed. Holy mm. crap, that scares me. So, remind me again <laughs> what that bill entails. 
the 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 anti-terrorism bill that just passed was and he signed into law is basically i mean if you're can i mean there's a very vague definition of like what is terrorism in the philippines mm. right so that if you know um it could be anything from drug trafficking tra- drug trafficking to to like organizations that are that can i mean here's the worst case scenario right i say something bad about duterte or i say something bad about the you know about duterte's regime or administration whatever you want to call it in the philippines i could be considered a terrorist (laughs) so basically there is no freedom of speech then yeah, and I think that's what people are afraid of. And this is, again, like what I've seen, you know, here in the United States and trying to gather what I can in the in the Philippine news agencies. But then yet again, as people would know, you know, if you've been listening to Filipino news, ABS-CBN is no longer on the air, in public air. They had to resort to cable news, you know, cable cable television to, you know, to air programs. Or the internet, you know, and some, you know, if people will say that it is a attack against free speech, attack against journalism, which I'm inclined mm-hmm. to say, yeah, it probably is, right? Especially in light of like this anti-terrorism bill, mm-hmm. and it really, on its face, it looks like it looks like road to dictatorship, right? It could. Yeah. It could be. Because it's very vague. I mean, legal scholars in the Philippines are saying, like, what's the definition of terrorism in the Philippines in this bill? <laughs> they, don't, they don't have definitions laid out. It's, in that it's very, it, well, it's very vague of what it is. Oh. You know? <sighs> so it's like, it's like that. And I'd love, I mean, I haven't had a conversation about this with, with my family members in the Philippines, you know, but I'd love to get what their take is on it. Because again, I want to know of the people who live there, what they think about it. You oh yeah. Know? And but, I think that, that, I think that's a very good conversation starter for all Filipino Americans, really. Yeah. Don't, because I think we all know someone that still lives in the Philippines and what this president is doing is very concerning to us. Yeah, here in the United it's States. It's affecting those that it's affecting well, it's affecting the, those that we care about in the Philippines. Yeah. But that's yeah, so that's I mean, any last thoughts about that <laughs> before we move on? <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think of how to get get a better Filipino pers- uh, perspective from the Filipino uh yeah, citizens over there. I, and personally, I honestly think the best way to get a, a a good view of that is through Filipino movies. Filipino movies, nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about. I haven't had bumpers for this yet, but uh, I'm gonna get some out here um, probably in our next episode. But so our 
Um, our next segment here is talking about entertainment, especially pop culture in the Philippines. And as a lot of people would know that Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime are coming out with Filipino movies and things that I've never would, I would never think that I'd see the day that I could just like open up Netflix or Hulu or whatever and find the Filipino movies. Because when I grew up, we had to go all the way to St. Paul and the only Filipino store there was in West St. Paul. And my mom would rent Filipino movies that came from the Philippines. And they were pretty crappy. Bad sound. <laughs> it was a little crackly. The the what call it? the oh, tracking was a little off. <laughs> when it was VHS. Yeah, it was VHS. Um, and you could tell it went through you could tell it went through um through uh, metal detectors. <laughs> <laughs> so it's but now we can watch Filipino movies in on Netflix and Hulu. It's 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 like the best thing. And again, talking about ABS-CBN, we can watch. You can subscribe to ABS-CBN Filipino channel uh, and get movies that way too. It's great. It's a great time. <laughs> so, That's what I like about uh, streaming services is that you have a bunch of films for fixed price per uh, fixed price per month and i like i like how i am able to find movies from like international international movies and i love yeah. international movies uh, especially uh filipino ones uh so what what movies have you watched that maybe you could recommend well i've been watching I don't know if you've, if you've listened to the past episodes of our other podcast, Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks. I have talked about what I was watching way back when, uh, several months ago. I started watching Filipino movies, um, especially during my last trip to the Philippines. And um, I was watching movies, a lot of like comedy Romantic comedy movies, and That's not you. <laughs> what? That's certainly not your typical genre. It's not. But you know, when I after I'm like watching things like I don't know, like like Deadwood and stuff like that, and these all these gritty things, I kind of need something a little bit lighthearted. I right, usually right. turn to Filipino movies because it's very lighthearted. It's, albeit it is sometimes pretty stupid. <laughs> you know so you know okay so all right so one thing that i was oh gosh i don't know but i was watching okay first one that i'm probably going to recommend um if anyone wants to get started something a little lighthearted and really you know very filipino would be uh, my ex and Y's, or she's dating a gangster, albeit um, she's dating a gangster. I thought, I thought that was like funny, funny, you know, the old teenage love type thing, whatever. No, no, <laughs> it isn't. It isn't. It's, it's. It was one of those movies that, you know, perhaps I should have been a little bit more prepared and. 
and uh you know let's just say like a a tissue box might be in order for that one (laughs) so it's it's it was it went really off left field but it was really fun to watch in the beginning my x and y is a little bit more a lot more lighthearted than the other one um uh it's talk you know it's about two influencers uh, internet influencers and they're it's kind of funny because their their families sort of get involved in what's going on in their in their you know like who are you talking to and then you see like little captions of what they would be like instant messaging each other and stuff like that back and forth and you know it's all in Phil- it's all in tagalog and some of the some of the antics of what their families are is really funny because it can, I can relate. There's like people in my family that's like, like, like one of the dad, <laughs> the dad is so like one of my relatives, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I could. So you, so you would, you watch it mostly because of just the family dynamic of, and you yeah. kind of relate to how it was. Oh yeah. Your, your, your parents are like that yeah. too. It's that, and I kind of like watching, I mean, I like watching Filipino movies because it really reminds me of, like, you know, like, like, for instance, right, the cafe shop, the coffee shop in the Philippines, and it's so, the coffee shops in the Philippines are so different from here, you know, here we got, like, Starbucks, Caribou Coffee, you know, they're pretty much all the same, you know, in terms of, like, you know, you know what you're getting yourself into when you go yeah. to these places, right? Not it's very conformed, and you know, in the Philippines, there are so many coffee shops, especially in Davao, and they all have themes. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, they all have themes. You go into one cat. There's one coffee shop that's like cat themed, and <laughs> and I went into this thing, and it's like it's like pink, and you know, the place is called Copycat. <laughs> You know, that should be like what you should get. You know, you should know. There's one that's like burgers and boards, right? Which is actually like a fat, like a small fast food place, but you can eat a burger and fries or whatever. It's like a Five Guys, except for you can play board games and card games. They got like tabletop oh, games. So, I know, that's fun, exactly. And the in this movie, it's a theme coffee shop that they're in so it was like oh are you my talking about ex- my exes and y's yeah yeah because oh, one okay. of them likes to work in a coffee shop right you know, okay you know like how stereotypical is that but yeah. but it's a coffee shop that's themed and is and the thing that i i you know my brain click was like oh my gosh that is so philippines like themed coffee shops <laughs> themed restaurants themed whatever right standing out so I sort of watch it for that. You okay. Know, just the culture, just get me out of my like American vibe. So I know, yeah. That's that's also another reason why I like Filipino movies. As I said before, I don't, I don't know the Filipino language at all that well, but I like learning through just listening to it because I can I can understand some Filipino words, but if it's used in like a context or a scene. I can kind of get what they're saying to each other. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. And granted, all 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 the Filipino movies uh, have have subtitles. I think. If not subtitles on on Netflix, yes. 
Yeah. Netflix and Hulu, yeah, and the streaming ones. Yeah. So so I, I I that's one way that I I learn Tagalog or at least I can I can learn at least the accents mm-hmm. behind it. Um But yeah, um speaking of light lighthearted drama, the ones that I I have watched are very like stupid comedy. <laughs> but but like like you watch it on the surface and it's it's like ridiculous. Like the, like there was one. There's one called the Super Parental Guardians. If you if you read the synopsis, it's it sounds kind of sad. So what happens is that uh, a friend of I would how would I say it? A drag queen. Okay. A friend of a drag queen died, leaving her kids guardianless. So what happens was that this drag queen takes in her kids, and apparently there was uh, the the friend that died had some connections with gangs or whatever. So it was up to this drag queen to try to protect these kids, and it was up to this. It was up to the drag queen and a couple other colleagues to try to protect these kids so that they could rightfully get what what was owed to them. Yeah. <laughs> with that with that said though, it's what goes on in that in that movie though, I'm like, this is totally exaggerated. I mean, yeah. it would not fly in American cinemas at all. Oh, no. Cause... None of the Filipino movies I saw would ever fly. would never make it past the writing room. Right. I mean, but, it's... but the whole entire thing was like a, it was like a train wreck that you just can't stop watching. Yeah. I, in the end, I actually enjoyed it. Even though it was very stupid comedy, I would watch it again. So yeah, I mean that's the thing about Filipino, like like some of the Filipino cinemas, like you really don't have much. There, it's not really you're not there to think. You have to sort of like take whatever you have and put it aside while you watch Filipino movies because it's kind of like you really can't like don't try to think it through. <laughs> like no, because no. you'll hate it. Although that's, I shouldn't say that all Filipino movies are like that because, like, especially like what I would say is you wouldn't make it through the writing room because I think Kita Kita would make it through. Oh my God, Kita Kita! That would make it through. In fact, I'm kind of wondering, you know, that was some of the best cinema I've seen in a long from the Philippines. time from the Philippines, and it is a tearjerker one. It is, you know. I would give it probably, you know, a half a Kleenex box, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and because, yeah, it's it's a great story. It's a drama. It's about a relationship, but not ordinary relationship. And that's, yeah, it's, that's a good synopsis. <laughs> yeah. And was it takes place. It doesn't even take place in the Philippines. No, I think place it takes Japan. place. Yeah, it's in Japan. Yeah, it takes place in Japan. And, you know, it's about overseas workers, right? The lady in that is an overseas Filipino worker. Yeah. 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 So it's, 
I would say that that would be if you were gonna start with a with a movie that you don't really have to think about or or think too hard about, but want to have some kind of a you know a good one, you know, and you want to watch it with your like significant other. Go watch Kita Kita and make sure you have a box of Kleenex with you. Uh, <laughs> but it is a it is a. You know, despite its sad moments, it is kind of a feel-good movie. It is a feel-good movie. It's more of like a oh, yeah, that's sweet kind of thing. I mean, the other the other thing I would say, and you can like disagree with me on this, but I stand behind it. Filipinos know how to make a good horror movie, just because of our lore. You do, and <laughs> it, I will agree with you to an extent. Um, I've always been fascinated with the supernatural ghost stories, whether they scare me or not. It's always, I always lean toward it because I found it fascinating oh. about horror movies though. I don't know. Well, go, well because, the, horror, the horror genre, maybe like the ghost thriller genre, you know, in, in, you know, like trying to focus it through, you know, in terms of like a subgenre and horror ghost, or or lore, you know those things that those movies that pick up on that. Yeah, they do such a good job. I think it's like one of those things where us as kids, you know, at least for me as a kid, we hear these like ghost stories from our parents, and then especially when I was back in the Philippines, I've heard so many freaking ghost stories in the Philippines because there's like a ton of lore in the town that I that my my family came from. You know, mm-hmm. that was the first time I heard about the Belete tree and that whole deal about oh, yeah. the white, the white lady, you know, the, <laughs> the, you know, the witch on the side of the road kind of thing or, or the, you know, or the, you know, they, there's like these major rituals that during a funeral that you have to do just in order for them to rest in peace and not haunt you kind right. of, thing. you know, it's like that. And they take that and put it into cinema. And, you know, and it's like, when I'm watching, like, Filipino, like, like ghost stories or ghost, you know, like, like horror movies, thriller, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. it scares the crap out of me because I know exactly what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's like, like, like feng shui. You know, it's yeah. I've never, I've never was, watched it. So. I remember <laughs> watching this thing, getting this crap scared out of me because, because it's about you know the lady in the mirror. <laughs> you know. Okay. Yeah. And there's like you know like these like little like like um, superstitious things that that my family are that my family is all you know. All you know, we do, and if you don't do it, you know, get yelled at by your mom or whatever because you didn't do it, <laughs> you know, and yes. it, yeah, and because that's the lore, that's the folklore that they grew up with, and one of them is about about where mirrors should be placed, and mm, okay. when, you know, and when I was watching Feng Shui, I was like, oh my gosh, touching on that <laughs> one, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And it's it's like that. It's it's yeah. It's scary to me because it's I guess you know the stuff that I grew up with. But then there's like 
there's a thriller that was called Nasa Ankaman that I I watched a long time ago and talking about you know, you could tell that they were sort of like trying to grab on to the, you know, to the whole M. Night Shyamalan train or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, because that movie had a huge twist in the end. And I watched it and it was such a good story. I liked it. And it was one of those things where, okay, if I ever find this movie, I'm going to buy it. I've never said that to a hmm. Filipino movie except for that one. And yeah, I got it. I bought it and I watched it again and it was still good. Um, I might have to borrow it after. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really, really good. It's not subtitled though. That's the it's problem. Okay. It's it's on what we call video CDs. You know, Filipinos will tell Filipinos will know about this video CDs, right? It's like, not DVD. It's, it's not DVD. It's, it's somewhere in between. It's it's somewhere in between like Laserdisc and <laughs> and DVD, and it usually comes in twos, right? Because it can only hold up one hour of video. That, yep, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yep. So it's it's in that format, which is like most of my Filipino movies are. They're all in VCD format because that's yep. where that's the only place I can get them. Sometimes is in the Philippines. So, yep. um, t- unfortunately, that's not on Netflix. I wish that would be on Netflix or Hulu. If that is, like, you know, I'll try. I'll uh, I'll definitely announce it that it's there. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I mean, some other Filipino movies that I've watched on Netflix, they, the uh, despite the the two that we just named off of, the rest are kind of more serious. Oh yeah. Um. One that I watched, I think it's called Birdshot. Um, it's certain happenings of how this bird, or how this girl shot a bird, and it just triggered just certain events. And they were it. It was a series, a series of serious events that happened, and I was like, I would never have thought that those events would have happened just because a girl shot a bird. Oh. You're going to have to watch it in order to get it. But it's a drama. It's drama pertaining about the play on power and it's a, it's effects on innocence, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to watch that. That sounds really, that's like, that sounds like my jam. <laughs> then you might <laughs> like it. Um, yeah. What else? Um, I know one that's really serious. Um, uh, it's a Netflix original uh, show called Amo. And, you know, earlier we were talking about, like, the drug wars in the Philippines and that sort of thing with the president oh, of the yeah. Philippines. Amo, sort it touches on that. Um, it touches on the whole world of, like, drugs in the Philippines uh, it follows this uh, gang in Manila, this this kid in Manila who happens to be like a gang captain or something, and his dad is a sergeant in the police force, and his dad doesn't uh, know. No, okay. Yeah, and I mean it's really gritty. It's definitely not for the kids. Um, oh no! And it's one of those things where you may have to take breaks. 
um, watching because it's <laughs> it's really, you know, you know people, you know, especially for people here in the you know Filipinos in the United States, you know, especially in Minnesota, that don't go to the Philippines all that often or haven't been a long time. You don't know what the culture is there in terms of like, you know, like very you know very apart from like current happenings it's pretty gritty it's almost like it's unbelievable but what i've seen in terms of like you know like what i've what i know about the philippines it gets that gritty mm-hmm. <laughs> so i mean yeah. they did such a good job on that um that show it's really serious you know and again you know don't definitely i wouldn't watch it with a family <laughs> So, yeah, and Amoa is actually a series. It's not. It's a series. It's not a. Yeah, it's not a movie, so you can take breaks. Yeah. And luckily, each episode is what less than a half hour. So About yeah. Take those oh. breaks. You're gonna need it. Yeah. Um, Filipino history. They got Henry Luna here, which is one of the Filipino. Uh, you know, he was. I, I think he's considered a a Filipino like war hero. Um, battled against um, the Americans. Uh, oh no, the Spanish during uh, during like oh, the late eighteen hundreds. Yeah. yeah. Um, I heard that. With, I I remember General Luna. Someone told me that that was actually required watching for like high school students in the Philippines. See that? <laughs> oh, in the Philippines. Yeah, oh, in the okay. Philippines. It was like required. I was about to say. I don't remember that in my history class. No, it was required watching in like in, in Philippine high school, Filipino high schools because because it was like one of those things where not much is really written on Filipino. You know, the textbooks in the Philippines are you know sometimes not written by the Filipinos, but you okay. know, so it's kind of nice to see like Henry Luna and Goyo, which was his, which which was his. Uh, he, he was the general after Luna died. Goyo became like. His uh, um, second in command. He became the general. Like he was the one. He was oh, Goyo yeah. was under General Luna during the time, and then Goyo came after him, and and battled his war in a sense. So that's also on here. Um, they do. They did a really good job. As much as I saw with General Luna, I only saw like like the last part of it because i was in a hotel room in the philippines and i was like what the heck is this (laughs) you know i was so fascinated by it and i was watching it and it was like already like 12 o'clock and i still had jet lag and (laughs) and i was so fascinated by it and i was trying to find out what the heck i was watching and i found out that it was this movie so i gotta i want i need to watch that again just the whole thing you also said Goyo, the boy general, is also worth a watch. Yeah. Watch too. Yeah, okay. that's good. I mean, that's for if anybody was interested in Filipino history, those definitely are two, two good ones to watch. I'm so surprised nobody's ever made a, a current movie on like Jose Rizal if they're making these kind of movies. Mm, so, yeah, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So. There are two movies that I actually do plan on watching soon. Uh, one of them is called Lola Ina. Okay. And actually, I'm just oh, I was just looking up as, as to how it was reviewed. It's like an eight out of ten on IMDb. 
which considering to regarding a Filipino movies has actually pretty good. And it's just a life of a uh, of a grandmother who is 118 years old. Dang. And it, and apparently this goes on with how she could have a chance at having the world record for being the oldest grandmother alive or something. I don't know. Um, that was worth watching because it's been a while since both my grandmothers or grandparents are are deceased. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's just a way of recollecting. Yep, I see. I see my grand both my grandmothers in her, just watching her walk take care of the kids and everything and i'm like oh so that's a bit of a bit of nostalgia for me and then also i want to watch caregiver i yeah i want to see that one caregiver um i think every filipino knows who sharon conetta is (laughs) if you don't know sharon conetta is i you're not filipino (laughs) if you don't know her movies at least you should have heard her songs but yeah, it, it, and it's basically the same thing. Um, she started the trend. What I want to say, she started the trend. You know what I'm talking about? What what trend is that? The I'm a movie actress. I'm a singer. I'm a oh. I do <laughs> I do shows right on on a major network, and I'm everywhere, and I'm you you know it's like one of those like every other person in the Philippines like. Every other celebrity in the Philippines is like, are doing multiple things. They're they're okay. not they're not just a they're not just a an actress or a singer. They you know they're everything. And I feel like okay, she was the yeah. one who started that whole thing. Yeah. Okay. I see that. <laughs> I see that. The person the person that actually got like I heard like I heard her sing is Leia Salonga. Oh yeah, Leia Salonga is more along the lines of Broadway shows, though. Yeah, Miss Saigon. Miss Saigon, yeah, she, yeah, Miss Saigon and Les Miserables. And Les Miserables, she's also the voice actress, the singing, the singing voice of Jasmine and Mulan in in Disney. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. She was like goals. (laughs) I know, right? She's real. Ever? I don't know if your parents ever done that, where it's like. As soon as they hear like like in the United States that a Filipino or Filipino is like on on like something other than Philippine media and they're in like in US media, whether it's Broadway or a show or something, they get excited about it. I think I think the one I think this was me personally, but I did not know that the guy that played Rufio in Hook. He's Filipino? It's Filipino. Yeah, he's Filipino. <laughs> I didn't know that. I My knew that earlier. Did, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I heard that earlier on because I live in a family where you where where they read the the Amer- the Filipino version of Us magazine. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> And it's like you can't you can't get by like a family gathering where someone doesn't tell you it's like oh yeah you know that that person in Hook yeah he's Filipino and they get all excited about it so everybody's gotta go watch Hook. I think (laughs) there is a Filipino guy in um, Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, 
Apple. Um, the Apple. Apple. Yes. It, yeah. Um. <laughs> Bruno I'm Mars and Bruno Mars came out. Holy crap! I couldn't hear the end of it. There's, there's more. There's, there's a long, there's a laundry list of. Oh, did you know that blah 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 is Filipino? I'm like, well, now I do. <laughs> Who is that? Not Emilio Estevez. What the heck is his name? The guy from Young Guns. Ah, uh, he was, he was the one who, who played uh, Richie Valens in La Bamba. Yeah, I know. I know you're talking. I know who you're talking about. The name escapes me. Yeah, when he when 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 my parents found out he was Filipino, my family found out he was Filipino. Oh, we run we rented La Bamba. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still have yet to see that. La Bamba. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> just just to me, it's more like a. Blue uh, uh, Diamond Phillips. Blue Diamond Phillips. Yeah. Half, yes. He's half Filipino. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So yeah. So, so if you're interested in Filipino movies, that's there's a couple ones to watch. <laughs> um, take your pick. I mean, if you want to watch any other ones that you find, you know, tell us about it. We don't have a, we don't have an email address for this show yet. <laughs> um, but you can always comment hey. us on uh, our, our Twitter. Um, what you find. Um, I mean, you can find me at eight at T cities Edwin on Twitter and Pam can be. I'm also first? on Twitter at Panda cat dragon one. Yep. And, so, you know, watch this stuff with it. I mean, they're all subtitled. If you're really interested, um, you know, for the Filipino folks out there, I'm sure you've heard a lot of these movies already. Um, you know, name what you like. Because I'm sure everybody's already commenting or like blasting me for my taste in, in Filipino movies, uh, <laughs> um, and we're we're also open with what you guys would suggest on you know what to watch. Um, it's also music if you know of any uh, other musical artists. Yeah, we're Filipino. We should but, talk about music in our next episode because I, I've okay. got a lot of music that that I came. That were was introduced to me on my last several trips to the Philippines. Okay, good. And so we'll talk about that in our next episode. But I think that's good for now. Um, we will. Uh, this is going to be an every other week uh, show um, on the uh, Legend Creators uh, channel, and hopefully, uh, you know, we'll. It's more tuned to the Minnesota area of Filipinos, but we sort of want to make sure we, you know, in terms of like, especially during like for entertainment and stuff like that, we want to grab other, um, other Filipinos in the United States or even the world. Um, yes. so hopefully you'll enjoy it and, uh, we'll see you on our next episode. All right. All see right. Ya. See ya.